0: this year is going to be in the Beit HaMikdash the Goyim were also welcome to come to pray to bring offerings there was just a limit to how far they could go the courtyard where Regular Jews would be able to go if they were if they were pure They were it was not allowed to for for going for Gentiles to go over there Gentiles are forbidden to go into a sanctuary of a place a person or a time Meaning they cannot go they cannot enter the temple They cannot marry Jews and for time, they cannot marry Shabbat. As we say, whenever Shabbat comes out, we have a small prayer that we add, called Atahun Antanu. And we say over there, Hamavdil, Hamavdil Ben Kodesh Lechol, Ben Or Yisrael Laamim, Ben Yom which is, HaMavdil who separates the Holy from the mundane, the Light from the darkness, from Yisrael, from the nations, and the seventh day from the six days of labor that's about Shabbat and that's what we say after Shabbat and it says about the the sanctuary but the Mishkan that the Bet Midrash also says a stranger who approaches shall die and the Gemara says the Chachamim say the goyim are forbidding to keep Shabbat. It says, "Goy shabbat chayav meaning that if a goy keeps Shabbat, the death penalty. Goyim are not allowed to keep Shabbat. There was one time, Rabbi again, he has a, there's a story that one time he went to someone's house for Shabbat, and there was one person over there that was very cheerful. Her name was Carol. She was very very cheerful. She always constantly said said, Hashem, my conversion is going to be on this Monday this coming up Monday after that I will be able to truly keep Shabbat for now I have to turn on the light at least once to break Shabbat since I'm not going to keep Shabbat I have to break it so it's it's very interesting technically that Goyim could keep as many mitzvot they could keep whichever mitzvot they want technically they could they there's no no restriction that they can't eat kosher or they can't uh, I get they can't watch their speech not to say Loshanara. They could they could do all these things, all these mitzvot. So then why can't they keep Shabbat? What's the difference of Shabbat? The Midrash comes and explains, he says, what's it like? It says it's like a king and a queen that are sitting together. And talking to each other. And if someone would come in, let's say they're in private, they're in a private conversation. If anybody would come in, would dare to come in to this conversation, to this unity, they would, it would be death penalty. Who are you to think that you could come in between the king, the king and the queen, in such a private, intimate matter? So Shabbat is like a yichud room with Hashem that Hashem uh, secludes himself with with Am Israel. so anyone who tries to come inside without being part of Am Yisrael without being part of Hashem and who he secludes himself with this is of course a death penalty what type of thing is this? the real question is do the Jews the women that actually have Shabbat do we actually feel and understand what it is that Shabbat is a Yichud room with Hashem the first time Hashem set apart set us apart from the Goyim was whenever He told Avraham Avraham Avinu He said I would like to make a Brit with you a covenant circumcise yourself and I will give you blessings to yourself and all your and your offspring with uh, Yitzhak and so on. Right after Avraham did the circumcision, it says Hashem appeared to him in the plains, in the plains of Mamre. Mamre. So why does it say over there? Why, 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 why does he meet him over there? Because Rashi explains because Mamre was a person, he invited him. He he advised him to do the brit. He advised him to do the the circumcision. The midrash explains for he explains more, and it said that Avraham, he spoke to he spoke to his friend Mamre, and he asked he said Hashem wants to make me wants to make make a brit with me, and make a covenant. What's your opinion? What should I do? Should I do it? Mamre said, of course. No doubt. So there's a question over here. Throughout the whole entire time, all the tests that that Avram had, he never asked anybody. He understood. He said he did it. That's it. This was meant to be done. He did it right away. Why? What is this? Why is he asked now? So the midrash explains that at his time, there was a lot of people, unfortunately, doing avodah zarah. They were doing a lot of idolatry. They were steeped into it. They were. Deep down into it, unlike today, like it's it's like uh, very similar to today. Why? Because in the Torah, someone doesn't keep Shabbat. In the Torah, it's considered like avodah zarah. It's considered like uh, like idol worship. So, the same way, whenever people try to do Kiruv, they try to take them uh, take them and help people bezrat Hashem keep Shabbat, get away from avodah zarah, if they if they ought to. So the same exact thing the Avram did in his generation they were filled with people that did idolatry so Avraham went around and started teaching teaching that there's only one true God there's one, there's one God you have to serve him teaching them the, to serve Hashem thousands of people came in and out of his house but Avraham was afraid that if he made the bleat, people would stop coming what would they say they would say listen don't go to this guy anymore. He's fanatic. This guy, he did some crazy... He, he he did a Brit. No one would ever think of doing this. This reminds you of the people that sometimes whenever you try to do mitzvah, they make fun of you. Oh, he's fanatic. He's this, he's that. So he was scared. Maybe they're going to say fanatic. No one's going to come to him anymore. But this is not Chasur Shalom that Abraham did not want to do the, the mitzvah of Brit Milah. Abraham wanted to do it. But he just, he, he he asked Mamre. What did he ask Mamre? He says, Hashem said that, He gave me this thing to do. Should I do it in public? Or should I do it in private? If I do it in public, everybody will know. If everybody knows, then maybe someone's going to say something, maybe someday that, something. Or maybe I should do it quietly. That no one knows, I do it. Mamre said, if Hashem told you to do it, then do it publicly. Don't worry about what people say. Let them say whatever they want. Hashem said to do it, you do it. Do it openly, do it publicly. Let everybody know you did it. The Chachamim said that Hashem saw that Avraham was, was worried about this. So Hashem told Avraham, he says, I see you're afraid. I, I, I understand that you're afraid of this. That this Brit Milah, that this Brit will separate you from the Goim. But you know what? You're right. It will separate you. But that's exactly the point. You are supposed to be the you're going to be the forefather of the Jewish people. That basically what is what is Hashem's telling Avram over here? Maybe this is something that we could put to our lives. Someone, let's say for example, he wants to do tshuva, or he wants to get better, make himself better you don't have to worry about people telling you listen don't do this don't become fanatic don't become crazy if, if you do this these people are gonna not gonna wanna not gonna chill with you not gonna want to hang out with you not gonna wanna do anything to do with you who cares Hashem said to do it I want to get close to hashem he's the one and true God what's the best what's the whole point is the, that that's exactly the thing you get better they want to get they don't want to get better no problem I'm sorry I want to get better. You want to come no problem you want to join me perfect but if not that's exactly the point so brit milah circumcision is something that hashem elevates the Jewish people above nature and it gives them a share of eternity that it's made on the 8th day of the of life of the kid's life why? Because the eighth day represents above nature. Today, we're unfortunately, like eagles that grew up in a small chicken coop, we grew up among the chickens. We, are the Jews, grew up among the goyim. That instead of instead of soaring through the air, how an eagle does with his with his pride, we're walking around the the ground eating the chicken food and saying doodle do all the time we have no idea what we are and yet we still we, we act like the goim we act like them we speak like them we dress like them why not today the main idols today one of the the biggest idols even for religious people even for people that are uh, religious Jews what's the thing the idols? Are the social media, the TV, the YouTube, the countless videos, the, the 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 Xbox, the the PlayStation, all the all these games, all these type of things that people offer their lives to. Back in the day, they used to offer their lives to the this Abu Now we're offering lives, wasting our time with this thing. So you might ask yourself, listen, who doesn't have uh, the TV in the house? Who doesn't have social media? you know who doesn't have? Avram Avinu didn't have. He doesn't have. He went and he broke all of his idols of his day. He said, this is all garbage. I don't want this. I don't need this. This is not the, this is not the reason why we're here. How grateful we have to understand, we have to be, that we are Jews. As we say, We're separated. The history of the Jewish people, and the nations, and the Goyim, is actually predicted from the Torah, how with, with Yaakov and Esav, it started whenever they were born, right away Esav was born, it says that he was red, and he was very hairy, and he was named Esav. Esav comes from the word, it, it means made, complete. He was formed, completely formed. He was hair, everything. He looked like a a, a small small child. They don't look like a newborn. He was already had a full head of hair, full everything, and he was red, red complexion. But it's very weird because the, the Torah just explains. Like, imagine if if uh, in, in the middle of a newspaper you're reading that uh, something just happened, an Arab just shot missiles, missiles. At somewhere and now they're explaining how the Arab looks. Oh, uh, he has this. He has this. He looks like this. He has a uh, this type of nose. He has th- What does it make a difference? Why was it make Why would it make a difference? Are you explaining how he was born and now you explain how he looks? And and since when is a, a child named after how he looks? Oh, he's a uh, he's a big kid. So I'm gonna make I'm gonna name him Biggie. No, it doesn't it doesn't happen like this. He looks small, he looks big. You name him Yisrael, you, you name him something. You don't give him such a weird name. And not only that, later on in his life, he actually gets the name Edom, which means red. It's, it's, he gets he gets Esav, which means fully man, and he also gets Edom, which is red. Why? Because red, for him, it matched, it matched perfectly. Because red is something that attracts, attracts attention, as we're going to see. So... But it, and the hair, the hair is something that's like external. It's it's something that's even not uh, not even significant. That after a while it starts growing off. You start cutting your hair, you start taking it off. It's something that's that's pretty much garbage after uh, after a while. It's like nails. You take it, it's there. Okay, fine. Then you cut it off. That's why it's very sometimes very weird how people spend. So much time on their hair, so much time, so much so that even the Chachamim said, "What well, was one of the reasons that why Yosef had the test with potiphar with with the wife, with the wife of Potiphar? Because he was a little bit too busy with his looks, a little bit too busy. Not like we are nowadays. He was a little bit less, and yet he still had the thing. He still had the test." The Torah continues and says. Basically, the the Chachamim say that whenever they were young, both Yaakov and Isav learned Torah. No one noticed any difference with them. They looked exactly the same. Everything was the same. Everything was the same. Esav looked like wow, such a good rabbi with his tefillin, Talit everything. He looked like a gdolador maybe. He was the. You could have looked at him. You were like, this is this is. The biggest rabbi the biggest mikubal, Miku, mikubal until only until they third they turned 15 years old one at once they turned 15 years old now the difference became known a became a hunter and Yaakov was in the bet Knesset he was learning he was in the the tents of the of the Torah a was completely was was external He was in the field. He had to do things outside, external pleasures. Yaakov was internal. He sat in the Beit Midrash. Everything was inside. And it says in the Torah, Yitzhak loved Esav. Because, why? For trapping was in his mouth. How was trapping in his mouth? He trapped Yitzhak. Esav would go over to his father and he would start asking questions on Maaser. On tithes, he says, How was ta- How do you give salt? How do you give ma'aser on salt? Y- Yitzhak, here's this. He's like, Wow, this look at my son. Look how he's so careful with mitzvot. Now, you say, How could he be fooled by this? So, do you, you think Yitzhak was an idiot? You think a was stupid. Esau was a genius. You look at how he, how he was able to trick, how he was able to do it. The Ma'aral explains. The Ma'aral explains. He says because whenever the whole entire thing of tithing of Maaseil is to sanctify the thing that you're that you're giving. For example, if you want to eat apples that were grown in Eretz Israel First you have to sanctify them, you have to give the truma, masrot. And whenever you give, after you give the masrot, you give the masel, automatically you perfect the animal, the the the, 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 the apple. You perfect the apple and now it's it's the root it's you elevated it so now it's perfect. Now you can eat it, no problem. So Isav was asking, how can salt that are not that cannot you can you don't give uh, masel on salt. How can it be perfected and elevated to its higher high, to higher potential? Because salt is something minor, it's something small. If it's if you put it in soup, it's not called a, soup, uh, a salt soup. You put it's a it's a vegetable soup. The vegetables or the meat is the main part part of the of the of the soup, not the salt. Salt—it's not a big deal. You could add it after. You can. So he said, he was asking, "How can I make this salt to its high, highest potential?" So Yitzhak was like, "Wow, he's so deep, so much." But he was—he was just pretending. He was just, you know, a self was external, superficial. He was—he puts on the things. He puts the—he puts the focus on something that's minor. He puts it on something that's nothing. What do you care about this? And he, he totally neglects the things that actually makes a difference. So, man, human being, was put into, into this world for the purpose of earning eternity. This world is a corridor to eternity it's something minor compared to olamaba that's why Esav grabbed this world he grabbed this world and Yaakov that understood the eternity understood the bigger picture he took olamaba so now whenever his grandfather Avram Avinu died, he passed away Yaakov cooked for Yitzhak for his father since he was mourning he cooked him lentils now why lentils because the chachamim explained that whenever there's a there's a mourner he served something that's round like such a like a, eggs or lentils why because to to to, to, exp, to show the person that mourning is is a wheel is a wheel that turns around Basically, sooner or later, someone... Everybody will die. Everybody will die. So in this soup, Yaakov saw a message over here. He said, Everyone eventually dies. And is put on trial. It's after. He, he, he's tried before the heavenly throne. Before Hashem mit barach. He's tried before everything, every single thing that He does. Every mitzvah, every every... Averah For every second What you do here? What you do this second? What you do this second? Hashem You think about this You have to you have, you have to do tshuva As soon as possible It's very Mind blowing People are just sitting down You hear this You automatically think Okay then that's it Now I have to I have to do tshuva He understood He says everybody Has to go on trial Before Before the heavenly court But Esav Esav looked at the soup And what did he see What did he say He said Pour into me Now some of this red, red stuff He called it red stuff Esav didn't see any morning He didn't see a wheel The only thing he saw was soup And that's from that's why. From then on He's called Edom Because since the red Since the soup was the only thing that he saw So that's where you're going to be why, what's the, why, why does it match them so perfectly because Esav Esav always goes after things that are flashy, bright wow it looks so nice let me go after it in Judaism this is the opposite we go after value and depth we go after after refinement the Torah says that Esav married Canaanite women then whenever you Yitzhak sent Yaakov to get married he said go marry one of your cousins and Esav it so it says that uh, in the Pasuk Esav saw that the daughters of Canaan were, were evil in the eyes of Yitzhak his father so what, if, what what should Esav have done Esav should have divorced his, his wives and taken a tzaddikah wife a righteous wife what do you do instead Esav went. He went to Ishmael and he took the daughter of Ishmael. Ishmael. He went and he took Machlat, the daughter of Ishmael. And he didn't even divorce the other ones. He, he took it in addition. So what was the whole point? Rashi says, what did he do? He said he added another Rashait to his to his collection of wives, another wicked wife av why what's the problem because aav only looked at uh, as at the you know, the base level what did he see he didn't see anything deep he didn't see holiness modesty he only saw the wedding the wedding now in western civilization which is the descendants of even if direct descendants they still have the same the same uh, belief the same Ideology as sav. so it's Western civilization, and they continue the Isav's external and showiness how he shows everything, and it's everything's external in Western civilization. It's always competitive get to the top, get to the highest, even if you have to step on all this, make everybody lower than you, do what you have to do. But the Mishnah. It says, jealousy, lust, and glory-seeking remove a person, a person from this world. Which means basically you have to stay modestly in the background. You have to be gentle, give in. Don't always be right. Help others. Help others to succeed. You know? Don't just, don't just you. I want to, I want to be the top. Everybody else could go, do whatever they, go, go somewhere and dumps. You Help other people also succeed. Another thing of Western civilization is that they have have entertainment to kill time, to burn time, to to let time just pass. But in Judaism, killing time is a very big sin, terrible, terrible sin. To waste time, to burn burn time, burning a million dollars right now. Burning Would you burn it? Would you burn millions of dollars? You have millions of dollars in your in your hand right now. You burn it just like that. Burning time is much much worse. Instead, you could do this. Use this time for uh, Torah, tfilah Gemilut Chasadim. Three things the world stand on. Again, from Pirkei Avot. Now, 22 years later, Yaakov is trying to go back to El Yisrael. And it says over there that Yaakov sent angels ahead of him to go to Esav. Now, why angels? Why didn't Yaakov send humans? Human people send messengers, human... What was the thing? Why not? Because looking at the face of a wicked person is not allowed. Because it's such bad influence, negative influence, just to look at the face of a wicked person. If you ever see a murderer uh, anywhere on the on a billboard, on the on the newspaper or anything you see, you like I can't even look at his face. This disgusting person. So he was afraid that if he sends human human to humans to Asav, they would be influenced. Probably he's gonna be able to grab them, able to influence them. So Yaakov prayed to Hashem. He says he said. Rescue me, please, f- from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esav. Why did he say, from the hand of my brother, the hand of Esav? It's, it's obvious, Hashem knows. Esav is his brother. So the rov comes and says, he asks for two things. He says, save me from Esav, meaning that he doesn't kill me. And also, save me from him being my brother. Save him from his brother. Oh, I love you. Hi, oh, I want everything that is... You know all the show. Ah, you're my brother. You're my this. You're my dad. Come, we're gonna have some uh, shashlik. We're gonna have some uh, type of barbecue. You know, ala ish. He says, "Save me, there, because Chas v'shalom, he's gonna be able to con- uh, to influence my children, or even Michtas v'shalom. Save me, that he doesn't doesn't do it." And this also comes as a as a as a, it, it brings also that why is it from the hand of my brother from the hand of Yisav? Because unfortunately back in the day now back in the day they had the Christians how they always tried to kill us do you want to join us? No? Okay fine we're just going to kill you but nowadays unfortunately they act like our brothers they act before they acted like Yisav you do it you don't do it we're going to kill you now they act like our brothers come come to our church come here this is this is they, they act like our brothers we love you we come we even pay for you this is unfortunately this is Christian missionaries had the, the, what they do nowadays they don't kill now they know they uh, they act like your brother and this we see that there's a story of the uh, briskerrov how he did the same exact thing one time there was a time it was a war and he had to stay in a city that was full of non-religious Jews and he didn't want to get influenced so what did he do he barricaded the door with sandbags he closed the door and it took 15 minutes just to open up the door 15 minutes he put so many like so so much that 15 minutes took him to go in and out of his house or to open the door for someone let's say if it's someone visiting a religious person or something anything 15 minutes he had to and because of this, his students became big giants in Torah. Giants! So Rabbi if Yaakov was terrified, was so scared of these influences, how much should we be afraid of these influences? We should be terrified of this. The Holocaust is nothing compared to the spiritual Holocaust that we have nowadays. The ignorance and the assimilation is destroying, destroying Yaakov's descendants that we have nowadays, is destroying it. Even the ones that are keeping Torah Mitzvot, even the ones that are keeping all, all the laws, they're also still uh, slowly taking in the Gentile culture. They're watching things that are not allowed on TV. Going online whenever the internet is unfiltered, do whatever they want online. All these things, watching forbidden things. This is... this is worse than eating pork. Because whenever we watch something, we're like, okay, fine, listen, I'm just watching, I'm not doing anything. A Pork, even we, even the people not are religious, we I'm not going to eat pork. This is like a thing that's like any person that automatically wants to be religious is okay fine the pork is out of the question but this is worse because this doesn't seem so bad This doesn't seem it's like uh whatever now there's also it's something that's very interesting over here why did why did Hashem give Yaakov a brother like Esav why is it such an evil brother this is coming to teach let me see what saying this is coming to teach a very very big big lesson. If your own brother, or your own relative, or any your own mother, is Shabbat, desecrates Shabbats. he spits at Hashem's face. As we said, Shabbat is considered same thing as avodah zarah. Spits at Hashem's face. Or has television that watches says, You cannot be there. Stay away from these people. Okay, what are you gonna say? How, how, how can I do that? How can I uh, disconnect from my family? It's much better to disconnect with your family than to disconnect from Hashem. It's much better. And why does it make a difference that he's your brother? Esav was also Yaakov's brother. He said, "Save me from him." Save me! We don't understand. Rabbi again has a number of stories that we have no—we have no idea how lucky we are to be Jews. We have no idea. There was one time they were on a flight from New York to Tel Aviv. Six hundred passengers, Jewish passengers, everybody was Jewish over there. There was one Catholic priest. And where did they sit him next to? Rav Again. Somehow. Hashem, Hashem, Hashem put it over here. Just for the story. And Rav Again is explaining that on the other side of him, on the other side of his sitting, was a traditional Jew. You know, whatever, I'll keep the things that I like. You know, I'll not keep the things that I want. And what is he doing? He's wearing a smoke keeper again says, because small keeper, you know, it matches him. Why? Because he believes small. You wear big ones and you believe big. You wear small and you believe small. Okay, it matches you, no problem. He said, it was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. The Jew, he was watching Mickey Mouse the whole time. And the priest, what was he doing? He's looking, he couldn't believe it. What was the priest doing? He was reading Tehillim of English, English uh, translation. He was like love you again. Says, "What are you doing?" He says, "I'm reading Tehillim." He says, "Why?" He says, "What else am I gonna read?" Then the priest couldn't hold himself. He says, "He says, I wanna ask you. You're 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 a Jew, right?" Says, "Yeah." He says, "You're lucky. You're a Jew." He says, "Why? What 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 do you mean?" He says, "I know that Judaism is real." He says, "This thing that we have Christianity." nothing it means not it's not true not true you guys have the true Torah Torah of truth the Torah of life and he said please come to my come to my people and please speak to them help them the game said I would love to but I'm very very busy with the Jews let me help some let me help the Jews and I'll be able to have some time for the for the Catholics even the, the 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 priest understood. There was also another story that there was a famous Italian actress that said to uh, Rabbi again, "Please convert me to uh, to, to Judaism." She says, what, "What what do you see in Judaism? What's missing of your life, your famous life in in Italy? Says, because Judaism is the most beautiful way of life. There's nothing compared to it in this world." <laughs> Judaism that we have. We have a birthright to. We have a full right to fully partake in this. And We act like, uh, you know, especially with Shabbat, the gift that Hashem Ibn gave to us, the good gift, how we said several shiurim ago, I think it was part one, there was also, it wasn't only a Muslim. It, was only, it wasn't only a Catholic. There was also a Muslim that came to Rabbi Again. He said, "Please, please, Rabbi Again, please convert me." Rabbi Again said, "No, no, no. Go, go back to your to your life. Go back to what you're doing." This guy he started crying. He said, "No, please, I know Torah is true. Please help me." He says, "Okay, fine. Uh, listen, I don't know conversions, so I'll send you to a few rabbanim that I know." There was also another story. This is all you see: the Catholic Italian, famous Italian actress, a Muslim, and now there's another story of the teenage son of neo-Nazis. How he says the story said that they met, they, he, that he met, he, he met two, he met Hasidim. He started speaking about this, speaking to them, pretending that he was a non-religious Jew. He was asking questions. They taught him a lot about Judaism, and eventually, he loved it. He said. Then he confessed. He says, "I'm sorry. I'm a goy. I'm not Jewish. Please do me a favor. I want to convert." Baruch Hashem, he did. He converted in the end, but out of fear of his parents, to he just became the the arch enemy of his parents. He he had to leave the country. He had to go somewhere else. And eventually he got married. Learning in Kolel. Rabbi again one time asked him. He says, tell me. me, Why do people like your parents hate us so much? And he said something that's 100% true. He says, because they know that the Jews have something that they don't. The higher soul. A deeper connection with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. A real reason of life. They're jealous of it. That's a simple, simple answer. They're jealous. They want something that you that they don't have. They want something. And what about us? we we have the higher soul. We have the deeper connection with Hashem. And yet, we want to copy the Goim. We're not proud of being Jews. We want to copy their fashion, their music, their hashkafa, the ideology. We want to copy everything of the of the Goim. Yet the Goim themselves understand that that we have something that they don't, and they're jealous of us. Now, how do we understand this through the eyes of a Gentile prophet? Who is this? Bilam how did he view the jewish people this pasuk in torah it says behold it is a people that dwells in isolation and is not reckoned among the nations. Isolation is badad yesh am levadad uva Uvagoim lo itchashav so he knew the secret that binds that connects Hakadosh Baruch Hu with His people. That connects the people with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is their isolation. That is the thing. That is the glue that holds us together. And He knew that together with isolation comes sniut, modesty. He saw and He said, "How good are your tents, O Yaakov? Your dwelling places, O Israel?" So what did, what did Bilam do? He decided to, to, to attack the point that guarantees the eternity of of the Jewish people. What did he say? He says their God hates immorality. He hates it. So he started telling his plan to be, uh, Balak. What was the plan? He sent all the girls to make Amisrei sin, Amisrei do Avelot, and then bow down to the idols that they had. He said because Hashem hates immorality hates it this is the way to make God punish them and this way a lot of Jewish men were sucked into the immorality in, in Avodah zarah. and because of this 24,000 people died until, until Pinchas the zealousness of Pinchas that finally ended it because of his zealousness to set us apart from the goyim Hashem gave us a mitzvah gave us a commandment what's the commandment you should not go on their ways same Torah that does not allow us to eat pig to eat pork also does not allow us to copy the Gentiles meaning we have to be yeah we have to be a light to the goyim we have to show them the right way we have to show them that we, we have to give kiddush Hashem make them understand wow this is a Jewish person this is how the Jewish people act we have to be a light to them not chas to be influenced by their darkness to, to, to have any type of security to have national security you have to be very well Badad, very well secure. Hashem wanted the Jews to live Badad, to live securely. But because they, Hashem uh, imitated the, the Goyim they, because they intimate, uh, imitated the Goyim they unfortunately became uh, Badad in a different way. Meaning, the, go, the Goyim started to hate us because as we say as the Chachamim said whenever you try to act like the Goyim they will go against you. In the end you'll be separated one way or another. So the Goyim started to hate us and rejected us so we became Badad in a different way. That's why Yomiyao comes and says in Echa, in Lamentations he speaks about the destruction of Jerusalem. And he says, Echa yeshva badad. How does she sit badad? Meaning speaking about, speaking about Am Yisrael. Since it got destroyed. Because we started, not doing the mitzvot, started uh, copying the goyim a little bit, here, there. Baruch Hashem, in Egypt, in Egypt, they didn't, they, 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 they preserved some of the things, of them, of the Jews, of who they were. One of the things, a few of the things that they did was their dress. They dressed like like Yehudim. They dressed like Jews. Their language. They spoke Hebrew. They spoke lashon Hakodesh. And also the names. They weren't Jack, Joe, Jill, Bill. Yaakov, Yosef, Ezra. Hebrew names. They didn't copy the goyim of that. And also, the the, the so the, the final redemption, the Geulah, will be remodeled after the first one. So if we separate from the influences of the Goyim, we're also going to be redeemed with such great miracles. Avraham, Avraham Avinu, had his Tzadikim descendants. They were also they were challenged the same way that Avraham was was the thing to bow down to an idol or to be thrown into a fire how in the book of Daniel chapter 3 it speaks about Nebuchadnezzar and it says that he made an idol of his own of his own appearance of his own image and he brought representatives of each nation and he said to them this is God points to the thing and he says Either you bow to it, or you get thrown into the fire. And you had representatives from every nation. The nation, the the representatives from the Jews, from the Jewish nation, was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They went. They wanted to figure out what was going, what was going to happen. They went to Yeheskel, to Ezekiel, and they wanted him to speak to Hashem to figure out what was going to happen. They said, "They Yicheskel, said, please let, let us know. Ask Hashem. We're going right now to do this. When they throw us in the fire, will Hashem save us or not? He went and he asked Hashem. He says, Your children are going right now and they're going to defy Nebuchadnezzar. They're going to go against them. It's gonna be a very big Kiddush Hashem. They're asking if you're gonna save them. He says, I'm not gonna save them. If they want, they can do it with their own expense. They cannot think they cannot give Kiddush Hashem on my account. Meaning if they know they're gonna survive, then this is my this is on my account. This is not on their account. He goes, he tells he tells them Hashem is not gonna save you. He said, no problem, we're still gonna go. Then whenever they leave, Hashem tells them, tells Yicheske, So you think I'm gonna you think I'm just gonna let them go like that? Of course I'm gonna save them. So wh- why didn't why didn't Hashem tell them that he's gonna save them? Because the thing is, that's the whole point. There'll be no challenge. If he says go, I'm gonna save you of course. I would go myself. I have a staff from Hashem. He's uh, gonna save me. There's no there's, not, there's no nothing. I get the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem of dying in Kiddush Hashem, especially this is even this is even the, the biggest one of the biggest mitzvot ever to die in Kiddush Hashem. I'm gonna get the mitzvah and I'm not gonna die. This is like the best thing. They they could only they could only expect the reward if they actually would expect to die. So the day comes. All the representatives of all the the nations come, the Chinese, the Ugandans, the, the leftists. They came and they all bowed down. Everybody except the Jews. They stood proud. This is the right thing to do. We believe in Hashem, we don't believe in you. You are nothing. Netzel sees this, he says, put them in the fire. He put them in the fire, and there they are in the fire, nothing's happening. They're dancing around as if not the fire has no, no no effect on them, no nothing. They come out and you see not not the hair, not nothing, nothing was burned at all. Nothing was affected by the fire, not even their smell. Usually if you're next to a fire, you're next to a barbecue for a little while, you start smelling like like smoke. Nothing. Everybody was amazed by this. Nuh was amazed. And Hashem's name was sanctified. The weird thing is, Chaniyia, Mishael, and Azariah weren't mentioned again in Tanakh. The Gemah, asks, Where did they go after this miracle? Why weren't they mentioned again? answer that the Gemara gives is that after they came out of the fire the nations of the world saw them and what did they do they all spat at them they all started spitting and so much so that they that these three Jews drowned in their spit meaning what does that mean what do you you drown from spit meaning that they died of embarrassment they were so embarrassed that they they started spitting at them why why were they embarrassed because the goyim said you Jews have such a God have such a Torah this is how you behave all the things you do all the Averot you do you have such a God you have such a oh, spirituality this is how you act you guys are not appreciative at all they got so embarrassed they died so <laughs> In, like, if you put it in today's terms, the Goyim would say, at every hour, one hour has 3,600 seconds in it. Every second is eternity in Ulam Abba. Every second you burn time on all the social media, all the movies, all the other garbage of this world. And getting three thousand six hundred avirot for every second, for every for every hour, because of every second. Instead, you could be learning Torah and getting three thousand six hundred mitzvot, just like that. And you get this as reward for for eternity. There was a story with Avni again. He, you see from the story that, that, that the the, the goyim are still saying this it's not even just they didn't say it now they stopped they're still saying this he was one time Rav again was in Mexico Mexico City and there was he was told by his host that he was by that was at staying by he's saying that he had a wealthy Jewish friend his name was Alfredo Mexico City his name was Alfredo he had the daughter. Daughter got divorced. He had a son. His son committed suicide. Alfredo was heartbroken. He was. He didn't know what to do. He went. He says, "You know what? I'm gonna to go to the mountains. There's this witch doctors over there. They're gonna help me out. They're gonna figure out maybe there's some type of witchcraft on me. They're gonna figure it out." He went to the mountains. And he he was waiting online finally he came to the witch doctor the witch doctor saw him he says the witch doctor says oh you're a Jew you don't need me leave you don't need a witch doctor So, no wait wait I have, I have problems I have this I have that I have this you're a Jew you don't come here she's put on tefillin and everything's gonna go away Alfredo was helpless he didn't know what to do he went home he came to the host the, uh, the Rav again. Was saying the story to Ravi again. Came to the host, and he says, "I don't even know what tefillin are. Could you give me some?" you didn't even know what tefillin are. But Bemet, what what is tefillin? We have tefillin. We know what tefillin are. What are tefillin? Tefillin are four short sections of the Torah. That one of the sections have the declaration of faith that the Jews have lived and died by lived and died by for past generations which is what is it Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. this is the thing that says Here Israel Hashem is our God and Hashem is one this is one of very fundamental of, our, of the faith of Judaism It was one time, Lavi again, saying a small story that he's. One time he had Filin on in, in an airport, and there was a guy that came over to him. He was int- he was he was curious. He said, "What well, what are those black boxes? What is, what is that?" Lavi again tells him. Lavi again was very smart, very right away thought of these things. He says, "You know what this is this radar. It's radar, it's a radar. He says, yeah, it picks up signals from God, direct signals. I know." I speak to God directly. The Goy was, Wow, I want one also. Please, can I get one? How can I get one? How I...? Torah says, Torah says, Dvarim. It says, All the nations of the earth will see that the name of Hashem is called upon you and they will fear you. The Chachamim explained, What is this name upon you? What? Chachamim said, this is the Tfinin. Whenever they see the Tfinin, they're gonna be like, "Wow, this is a holy This is, this is a real. These are holy people." There was one time, one time Rabbi again was at the hotel, and he saw this one, uh, one non-religious guy. He said, "Okay, he sees the one person, one Chabad, Hasid Chabad, is running after, is going after this person." He's saying, sir, please, would you, uh, maybe you wouldn't want to put on tefillin. Guys, no. Get away from me. Avi again goes over to him he says, I wanna, why, why, why don't you want to put tefillin? He says, that's nonsense. You and me both know this is nonsense. This is, what is this? Avi again tells him, okay. The cocktail is also nonsense. This is also nothing. It's garbage. The guy was like, What? What are you saying? This is a holy place. This is... Again says, why? The same, the same God that told you this is a holy place. The Kotel is holy. The same God commanded you to put on Tephidim. The same one. So if you say that the Kotel is a holy place, Tephidim is also a commandment. As the Rambam, the Rambam said, whatever, it's the mitzvah of to fear the sanctuary Ramam says it's not the sanctuary itself that you have to revere you have to fear but it's the one who commanded you to, to fear it that you have to fear there was one one person one very famous Israeli actor filmmaker Named Urizor. Urizol was a Balchuva. Bal so much that he became Rav Urizol. And he, one time he said in a seminar in front of hundreds of people. He says that if someone would come over to me and give and tell me, here's a billion dollars if you don't put on Tfirin for one day. He says I wanna listen to him. Because it's not even a test for me. I know what this is, and this is nothing. The billion dollars is nothing, the tefillin is everything. It's not even a test. There was a time when transistor radios, transistor radios is an interesting thing. It's a radio without a, that you don't have to plug it into the wall, you don't need any external power. So the Israelis were shocked. They were like, how in the world did this work? It could. To have radio waves without being plugged in, without having any type of, it's very interesting. There was a Rav Elia Lopian, that he knew one owner of these th- of these radios, so he asked one, he asked him to open it because he wants to see what's inside. After it was open, he says, oh, okay, I see small wire here, it's small, there's a lot of small wires. So he said to the guy, he says, you know, let's cut one of them. Let's see what happens. The guy screams, "No! This is gonna, it's not gonna work anymore. If one wire, tiny wire is cut, it won't pick up the waves. It won't pick up the. It's it's not gonna be a radio anymore. It's gonna be a piece of nothing on the floor." He says, "Oh, now I understand how tefillin works. Tefillin, they pick up spiritual waves." It says, but if one single letter, one single letter in the parchments inside the small box, is broken, there's no reception. It doesn't pick up anything. Also for mezuzah. Mezuzah also, whenever there's a kosher mezuzah and it's put to the, it's put on the doorpost, it's the greatest protection. But if one single small letter, so even the yud, the yud is the smallest letter. Even if that is, if that's broken or if it's messed up a little bit, there's no reception. doesn't work. It's it's, it's very sad how people could spend thousands of dollars on things. That they could spend, they have a big house, huge house. And they get like, you know, whatever type of mezuzot. They have thousands of dollars of, of uh, chandeliers. And they spend, you know, twenty-five dollars or whatever on muzuzot. So let me get the cheap one, you know, as long as I get the you say dehovah, just to get out of my obligation. There was a story with Ravi Again, how he says there was a one one woman that came over to him that she's explaining how her husband died of cardiac arrest. She said she told him that she opened up the mezuzah afterwards, and what did she see? the word of heart was completely erased from the mezuzah this is what the thing that caused the the, the problem with her husband this day is, we again experience these type of stories every day day after day this type of stories there was also another story how there was this one father which he lost three three child three three children three brothers went into a car the car got overturned and they died. The father was very sad. sad he invited Rav again into the house. He says, with the love, please check my mezuzot. He says, oh, okay, let me ask you a question. Where would you buy it from? How much did you pay for it? He tells him, and he says, listen, you, as far as I know, you got it from a good sofil. You got it for a good price. I think it's good. Even from what you told me, it's good. It's no please but this but that okay so no problem i'll check it he took them down he took the mezuzot of the house down he checked it it was beautiful it was only one problem not of the mezuzot themselves the mezuzot were upside down this this this, this is the, the connection with the car accident the car turned over the mezuzot were over three of them three mezuzot were turned over and from the from the whole house three of them were turned over and the three sons have to die. And with that we have to take this very seriously. We have to take this seriously. We have such a great gift. Hashem chose us from all the Goyim, all the nations of the world. The Goyim are jealous of us. They they know what we have. And we don't even know what we have. They, they want to be us, we don't even want to be us. We have to take this seriously. We have to understand... What type of gift? What type of. We have no idea. We appreciate who we are, what we have. Understand that this doesn't just come just like this. We've chosen to be part of the nation. Without are close to Hashem. Fill all the mitzvot. And B'zad Hashem, the Geolah will come as soon as possible. Baruch